the people have spoken and they want tweets and here's one for you guys right now it's from at jason last name on twitter who says breaks my heart that pirates spend their whole lives following a map when the real treasure is the friendships they build along the way wow (laughs) i like that all right my pirate boys you're my treasure let's do this a perfect tweet is a clean workshop ready for its carpenter a perfect tweet is a single mother waking up early to make breakfast for her kids a perfect tweet a babbling brook a newborn baby deer find your legs baby deer find your legs and find the perfect tweet with one perfect tweet hello Welcome to One Perfect Tweet, a podcast where three people write a tweet. It's perfect. There's three of us. I'm one of them. My name is Stephen Chockett. I'm two of them. My name is Michael Sullivan. I'm the final third of them. My name is Sergio Alexander Maggi, but please call me Alex. You can follow along with perfection at the Twitter handle at One Perf Tweet. That's at the number one P-E-R-F-T-W-E-E-T. I'd like to thank James Henry for the intro text to our show and also just ask all you kind people to jump on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe because sometimes we release episodes and like, you know. Sometimes we do. Sometimes sometimes we don't because one of us goes to Australia for two weeks and says bye. It is good that you went to Australia actually because we had to take a little break from recording the podcast to figure out what to do with these extra characters now that we have 280. You're right. It's That's true. It took us about That's true. four weeks to really sort of reassess, take a pause, think about the podcast holistically. Roll out our action plan. You know, Michael went to a different side of the world just to sort of get I, a 30,000 foot view. I needed to refocus. I needed to do a little walkabout. Well, it's it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot like Down when under. you have become the master craftsman in a in a field, and all of a sudden, you wake up. They're done, mm-hmm. and the world has passed you by. There are new tools to do your job. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna try and rely on your old tools, or are you gonna learn some new tools? They they done flipped the script. Twitter done done turned itself on its side, mm-hmm. and they and you know what they said? What now? One perfect tweet. They said, "What now? One perfect tweet to us." We had to. Um, we had to go said, from the first act about any movie about sound being introduced to the movies to the third act of any movie about sound being introduced to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so either the artist or singing in the rain. We got to build the car while we're driving it. All right, boys. Now I can't help but notice, but earlier you said the word some kind of was it was it some kind of fancy slang? You, you took a walkabout. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody say, like, oh, I'm, I'm taking a walkabout in the bush? Yeah, like, all the time. Like, the bush isn't a place. It's just, like, the wilderness. Did you know That's that? That's, like, where your music is stored and your your phone, like, pulls music files from the bush. Uh-huh. It's, it's Australia's <laughs> version of the cloud, but it comes from below. It, it's, the, it's the southern hemisphere, so instead of coming uh-huh. from the sky like ours... Right. It comes from below. Now, this is just one of many novel things about Australia that I learned. Um, like, um, you know how we, we make fun that they say things like mate and good day? Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do so if we haven't yet. They do. They answer the phone good day and they call everyone mate. It's not just us making fun. It's actually the thing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? 
<laughs> so salt. So, so you're, like what you're saying you is didn't... all stereotypes are true. We should use all stereotypes always. <laughs> yes, that's that's it's the just... conclusion I've come to. The airline tickets to get there must have been so expensive, and you could have just straight up Googled that and saved yourself so much time. I think actually what makes going to a country like Australia particularly challenging for Americans is that um, if you were going to, say, Japan or Greece or Germany, you expect everything to be different because they're all speaking a different language. They have a different culture. A lot of them are rooted in just thoroughly different ideologies. You're going in expecting a wholly different experience. When you're an American flying to Australia, you're like, oh, they speak English too. So this is going to be... Your guard is down. Your guard down. is down. Mm. And, and frankly, it's, it's the thing where everything is similar enough that you recognize it, but different enough that it throws you even more because the differences are, are, like, are like you walked into a bizarro world version of a country that you already lived in. It's, it's that like nearness that makes it that much more disorienting so you're saying you stepped off the plane you got hit by a boomerang of new experiences (laughs) actually it's funny that you say that because it happened even before i got off the plane i flew Qantas. pretty sure that was a bad guy in james bond but continue (laughs) (laughs) They, they give you different meals throughout the flight and the flight the flight attendant uh when he came by he looked at me and he says uh i'm not gonna do the accent he says um what are you after? <laughs> so this definitely was an organization from James Bond. You did not answer correctly, because if you had, he would have taken you to the other side of the plane for the secret access, for the deluxe experience. In context, it was clear that he was asking me for my order, but it was just off enough from what I was expecting him to say that I was like, I stammered for like a minute. I was like, ah. Yeah, because well, what are that's... you after is an aggressive statement. <laughs> But not in Australia. No, it's I, literally, yeah. it's how they ask for your order at places. You go to restaurants and they're like, hey, what are you after? But it's it's like if you happened to pass by Lucille Bluth and eyed her suspiciously and she was like, what are you after? <laughs> it's not unlike what that. What do you want from it's, me? It's but, like but, you expect the person who's asking you, what are you after, to also simultaneously be cl- like clutching all of their possessions a little harder and a little closer. Let me ask you this, because many of my coworkers are from the Outback. Yeah. and From, from the Outback? Recently, it's, uh, from down under from the Outback? They are from Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> And they always come up to me and ask. No, many of my coworkers are Australian. Uh-huh. And one of our creative directors recently is a dude who grew up in Perth. And he used to always come by and and say, oh, so how'd you go? Mm. And I would always be like, carefully? <laughs> <laughs> Deliberately? On, on purpose. But he was just trying to like check in and just be like, oh, how'd you go? If I could make a quick uh, side note about... Outback Steakhouse because it was referenced a second ago. You want to know the clearest sign that Outback Steakhouse is so incredibly authentic and by that I mean incredibly inauthentic Mm -hmm. is that for a period of time famed New Zealander Jermaine Clement was their spokesperson. (laughs) They were like fuck it. Anybody within this hemisphere is good enough for us. He probably showed up on set saw who he was working for and was like fucking typical. God damn it. Let's save our listeners some time and just get to the juicy stuff. What happened, man? So, yeah, I'll... How close to death were you? Just, just, let's (laughs) get right into it. 
You know what? I went I went backpacking in the wilderness for two days and didn't see anything remotely deadly. Hmm. But I don't want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you boys about the nightlife. They go so hard in Australia that I was like, if I stayed here another week, I would just die. I would simply <laughs> die. It's really strange because so I stayed in I, I stayed most of the time in Melbourne and then um, a f- I stayed one weekend while I was there in Sydney. Um, Melbourne's in a state called Victoria. Oh, by the way, Australia has states. Did you know that? It's crazy. I also know that you're somebody who recently traveled to Australia because you're pronouncing Melbourne in a way that I'm sure they pronounce it there. Uh, yes, uh, from Melbourne. It's like, I recently vacationed in Milano. I had an incredible panino in Barcelona. <laughs> You guys have to try it sometime. So yeah, so I spent most of the time in Melbourne, um, which is in a state (laughs) called Victoria. The rest of the time was in Sydney, which is in New South Wales. And, um, And what's weird is a lot of their liquor laws are really similar to the ones that are, that we have in like Utah, which is like one of the most conservative states. I think it, you know, um, you can't sell booze at grocery stores. You have to go to a separate liquor store, um, to get alcohol. And, um, and they can't free pour. So every drink that you buy has exactly one shot of alcohol in it, no matter what you order, Hmm. which is really interesting. Um, on the flip side, I don't think there's a last call. If there is, I never reached it. It's somewhere around 7am. It's basically, you can be wherever you are for as late as you want. So by comparison, Los Angeles's 2am last call is really early. I think New York's 4am last call would also be pretty early, but because of that, they don't go out until 1am. Well, yeah, so if I mean, you do if the math, there's no man. last call. Any other last call by comparison is early. Is <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. But, but. Think about the math for a second. So nobody goes out until 1 a.m. Right. Very Euro. Which so is Euro. exhausting to think about at all. They don't go out until 1 a.m. They go home probably around 5 a.m., which means they're getting in. Yeah. So they're getting in about like four good hours of partying. And and then... Um, Just start at 10 p.m. like the rest of us. And then they and then they go home and they, um, they do what's called a kick-on, which is basically where you just like keep drinking and potentially doing drugs and keep the party going for the next day. This is why I was like, I don't, I don't know how they, their bodies handle this, but the fact that they have a does, term for the thing that they do the next morning to keep the party going is, uh, does anybody besides the people who serve the individual, uh, very carefully measured shots work in the country? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, not a, not a soul, not any one of them. Um, but so, okay, so if you're drinking from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. and then going home and basically not getting sleep, and I'm drinking from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., because, you know, we have to start earlier since our last call is earlier, we're getting in the same number of hours partying. Like, you're not, you're not getting the leg up on me. We're, we're netting out to be exactly equal, except I get a full night's sleep afterward. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're agreeing with you. That is a chaotic lifestyle to even think about. This but is... everyone there was like, I can't believe you guys stopped partying at 2 a.m. That's so, like, backwards and conservative. And I'm like, I eh, couldn't. I, if you stop drinking that? at 5 a.m., how can you be sure that you're going to be sober by the time you have to go to work in the morning? Well, okay, they're doing this on weekends. They're not doing it. Well, actually, oh, no, okay. they're doing it on Sunday, too. I, no. they're. What are they doing is... during the pregame hours where like we would be sort of getting things started are they just living in paradise surfing eating fresh fruit 
uh, soaking up the sun. Um, my friend Ryan and I certainly were because we were staying at um, Bondi Beach, which if you if you think of Sydney like Los Angeles, because Sydney actually has like super nice weather and, a, and actually really similar culture. Um, if you think of Sydney like Los Angeles, then Santa Monica would be like Bondi Beach, which is to say that it's really pleasant. It's a really wonderful beach. There are lots of tourists and it's super fucking far from anything that you want to do. It was like a 30 minute bus ride to Surrey Hills, which was like where all the nightlife was that we wanted to go to. You guys couldn't hear that, but that was the sound of me and Alex both frowning, but nodding <laughs> in acknowledgement. And in my head, thinking, yeah, that, sound, that sounds like Santa yeah. Monica. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> so after like uh, three days of partying pretty hard in Sydney, um, we're checking out from our Airbnb and, um, and Ryan and I are... are um, making small talk with their Airbnb owner. Um, he's telling us a little bit about Sydney. We're telling him a little bit about Los Angeles. Uh, you know, normal small talk. And his dog comes to the door. Big, beautiful, maybe 10-year-old golden retriever. Um, I'm just a, Just a beautiful dog. Um, comes up to the door. The owner says, hey, you, get back there. And as if understanding his owner perfectly... And deciding to do the opposite, he darts out the apartment door. And it just so happens that the building door is open at the same time. So he darts out the building door <gasps> and just runs straight into the street. Ugh. No. So the owner runs after him. My friend Ryan and I are incre- like profoundly hungover. And, and we just stand there looking at each other and hear... The scream of a man who has just lost his dog. Oh, God. Like the <gasps> blood curdling. Jesus. Blood curdling. No. Holy. Just the, the, the sound, a sound that can be mistaken for no other sound. And, and Ryan's face just drops. I run out the door because I'm like. What? I run out the door. I go outside and what I see is the man and another passersby are holding off cars in the intersection, like trying to get traffic to stop while this golden retriever is just running around the intersection. The golden retriever runs toward me. Um, A woman grabs him by the collar. I grab him by the collar. The owner comes over, grab him by the collar. We all sort of, with all of our hands on this dog's collar, walk him back into the apartment. And the owner says, when I ran out, this dog got hit by a car. The dog fell to the ground in shock, which is why he screamed, thinking that the dog got struck and killed. The dog pops back up from having fallen to the floor and then just starts running around the intersection like crazy. What? So the dog is fine. The dog's not even bleeding. The dog is like A-OK, doesn't even realize why everyone's freaking out or that anything is wrong. What? Um, The dog is safely back in the apartment. The owner makes a real half-hearted attempt to going back to making small talk. And, um, and then Ryan and I just kind of give him the keys and leave. And, and he looks at me, Ryan looks at me and he says, when I heard that man scream, I feel like I was traumatized such that uh, the dog actually had died without the dog dying. Like I'm in such a fragile hungover state right now that I feel like I have been through this horrific event and I don't know what I'm going to write for the Airbnb review. (laughs) 
This is such a horrifying story. It's exhausting to listen to because as as much as you thought that the dog had died, we so did we. We also <laughs> now are are experiencing that. So what do you put on the Airbnb review? Obviously, you put Cat Lover's Paradise. <laughs> this Alex. is the place for you. No, Alex. wait, the dog is still there, right? Yeah. Alex, make a joke. <laughs> I, 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 I don't <laughs> I don't I know. Told that, you said I don't dead know dog story. Now do Alex, the funny part. I don't, Alex, tell a joke. I don't think do I'm part. on your team in this story. The structure, okay, fans. The structure of our show is such that one person tells a story, and then the other two bit and riff off of details, <laughs> off of details that were that were said as as one spins a yarn, the other two. So the other two knit with said yarn, a beautiful tapestry Here's... of humor. Alex, tell a joke. <laughs> All right, make my doggy story <laughs> funny. <laughs> this is like advanced mode. Here is your Airbnb. Oh, guys, guys, if the dog had died, I wouldn't have told the story. <laughs> I would have kept wouldn't this have? dark chapter. I don't think so. I don't know. My judgment is questionable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, considering the thesis of your story was basically, I witnessed a man lose a, potentially lose a beloved pet. How does, how does, how do you think that makes me feel? Okay. 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 How about, how about this? How about this? If you guys want, I've prepared a button that I can put that just puts the whole Australia saga to bed so we can feel like we covered off on that and we just move on to something else. I don't know. Do you guys want that button? Do you want me to give you that button? You're either I, we're I mean, either gonna we're, we're gonna riff in the space, we're gonna sit and simmer here, <laughs> or I'm gonna button it. It's your call. It's your show. I don't feel it's in control right now. I feel like you put me in this dog killing zone and you're like forcing the me to sit here. The dog's not dead. The dog is fine. The dog is the least traumatized of everyone in the story. The but, dog was so happy after. Literally, okay, we get back in the apartment and, and the, the owner's trying to like continue the conversation. The dog, I'm literally shaking. I'm, I'm standing and shaking. The dog walks up to me. Gets on his hind legs, puts his front paws on my chest, and looks at me as if like, as if to say, "What's wrong?" The dog was the least traumatized mm-hmm. in the whole scenario. Just in terms of sheer airtime, this episode has the most amount of dead dog in it. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Just pure minutes wise. Considering there was a moment where I actually dragged my hands over my face because I was so concerned that there was a dead dog in a story. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at both of your expressions in our chat window, and I was like, oh, no, no, I'll win them back. The dog is still alive. <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't I didn't win, win you back. back. I did it. Do you want to hear the button that I came up with anyway? <laughs> yeah, so. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I didn't perfect my Australian accent, but I did learn to say one thing in an Australian accent because I think it's probably the sentence I heard the most while I was down there. Uh huh. And that is, I can't. It's so big. <laughs> God damn it! Wait, once again. I Michael. can't. It's so big. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> I'll never forgive you because this was literally the first thing you said to me when you got home <laughs> from your trip. 
This is and I had I had to sit about. I had to sit back and let this train crash happen because I'm not about to railroad you on our own show. I can't. It's so big. Steven, I'm sorry. I'm drafting you an apology email as Michael giggles at his own joke. I can't. So big. If it sounds like I'm enjoying the joke, it's because I'm laughing at how upset Alex is to be listening to this joke for the second time. So I think. Can we get you to sign a contract that says you're never leaving L.A. ever again? (laughs) Michael's dead dog story reminded me of how (laughs) the fact that uh, with all of the um, sexual abuse allegations going on in the world, the the go-to joke that everybody keeps posting is like, oh, Airbud was called out for uh, abuse allegations on set of, uh, of Airbud, and, and now, like, we can't watch Airbud anymore, and, like, haha, he's a dog. Those posts are supposed to be funny, but it really just reminds me that, like, that dog's probably not around anymore. <laughs> that dog is super dead. Also, more to the point, that dog humped a lot of legs on that set. I am <laughs> 100% sure. So we may think it's for laughs, but if I behaved that way, I would lose my job. I, it, standard. It's okay. I've heard they've re- they're gonna re-edit the movie with Christopher Plummer as Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna re-edit the movie with Christopher Plummer as Airbud and put out a trailer, and that's our tweet. Whoa, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Christopher Plummer's head, Airbud's body. Quote: We had to recut the film. This do- this is the wrong wording, but we had to recut the film. A lot of people on set were saying this dog was humping their legs. I'm not. I'm not phrasing this exactly right, but there's a joke here. Uh, That's exactly I, I like it. that. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not into it, but I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm it. not saying I'm going to be sexually satisfied by re-editing Airbud with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Woo! Back in action.